0: Ha ha ha!
1: i would like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR. My name's Gavin Walker, and of course, we're here every Monday night with some of the very best in jazz music, and we hope that you uh, can stay with us for uh, the duration of the show. We go on till, uh, oh, sometimes after midnight, so um, we do have some of the very best in jazz music to present to you, as we do every week. and. Uh, First of all, I'd like to thank all of you who donated to the CITR Fund Drive. This is always a very important time of the year for CITR, and uh, your generosity was quite overwhelming this year. And uh, we hope to have the final statistics up um, and running very soon. Uh, Actually, you can continue, if. Uh, you haven't donated yet, you can donate online. So um, all you have to do is go to the CITR uh, website, which is CITR.ca, and check that out. We have all kinds of music to play for you this evening, including um, some music a little later on by uh, a very good friend of mine and uh, a company that he keeps very fine album, which uh, I don't think anyone here has heard. Uh, It just came to me today in the mail. And uh, I'm going to play some of that for you a little later on in the show. As a matter of fact, immediately after the jazz feature. And speaking of the jazz feature, The Pride of Atlanta, Georgia is the jazz feature. Um, Incidentally, all the features this month are going to be about musicians and band leaders, et etc., et cetera, who may not even be known to the jazz community. Sometimes this happens. Sometimes you can't get around to hearing everybody and everything. And sometimes somebody will come up and say, well, have you heard this saxophone player? His name is so-and-so never heard of the guy, (laughs) that sort of thing. Well, the musicians that we're going to be featuring this month on the jazz feature will be musicians that are lesser known and may not, as I said, may not even be familiar names within the jazz community. And the fact is that these musicians that will be featured are all worthy of wider recognition. I know that sounds like a cliche because I think everybody in jazz is deserving of wide, wider uh, recognition because jazz in the last few years, jazz music in the last few years, despite the advances in education and the fact that there are lots of young, uh, wonderful musicians out there, uh, the music is still basically treated uh, with a rather back-of-the-bus attitude. And um, uh, very often ignored by some of the big things. I mean, do you see a lot of jazz at the Grammy Awards? Do you see a lot of jazz at the Juno Awards? Is it out front? Uh, is it in your face? No, of course not. Um, and that's the sad part. Um, even classical music gets a little better shake from uh, a lot of these institutions than uh, than jazz. And very often I see... Uh, um, playlists. Uh, We cover everything. World beat music, classical music, folk music, blah, 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 everything except jazz. Very strange. And um, anyhow, that's enough of my rant because um, the musicians uh, that we are featuring, as I said, uh, this month and their recordings are musicians of uh, who aren't as well known as they should be. Duke Pearson is one of them. Calvin Columbus Pearson was born in Atlanta, Georgia, and he is the pride of that city. Uh, As a matter of fact, they're dedicating a day to him. Duke Pearson is a pianist, uh, arranger, composer, band leader, and was a very important part of Blue Note Records uh, in the uh, 60s and uh, early 70s when he was producer for that label. And, uh, Duke Pearson has got a long history in jazz music as a very, um, important pianist and a very important mover and shaker in music. And he was, uh, uh, an extremely talented man. And, um, I think it would be a good idea just to, uh, pop on the internet. You can check out his, uh, his biography, all the recordings that he did. He did scads of recordings, uh, with, with different setups and, um, he is really something else. And we're going to be featuring a recording that I consider one of his very best. And it's a recording on Blue Note Records that was done in 1964. And it was, it's called Wahoo. And uh, that's the title of, uh, of the album. And, of course, the title track is on there. And it features a hand-picked uh, group of musicians. I have a little Duke Pearson story. This is, this is a personal reminiscence if uh, if you would be so kind as to um, indulge me for a second, because I do remember this. Um, back in the early 60s in Vancouver, I was still living at home with my parents. I didn't even own a car. Um, my dad was away on a business trip, left the car at home, and of course I was able to drive it. This is part of the story. Now, Interestingly enough, Duke Pearson was in town in Vancouver, and he was the musical director for a young lady who was on her way up by the name of Nancy Wilson. Those of you that know Nancy Wilson, I'm talking about the African-American jazz singer, not the Canadian pop star or the, or the rock and roll star. Nancy Wilson who is an institution now in jazz music, wonderful, beautiful lady, and has contributed so much. She was uh, just starting her career. She was performing at the Cave Supper Club in Vancouver, but not as a star. She was an also. She was a second, (laughs) sort of an also-ran. The star was Mitzi Gaynor. And she, was, she brought her show to Vancouver, and of course she was one of the most popular entertainers uh, of her day to come to Vancouver. She was very well loved in this city. Everybody came out to see Mitzi Gaynor. So it was the Cave Supper Club had an had, had a ad saying, you know, the great Mitzi Gaynor appearing uh, for two weeks, and also songstress Nancy Wilson. So there you go. That's, that was the setup, and that was what happening. And the Cave Supper Club, of course, was one of the leading supper clubs downtown. It was on Hornby Street. So Duke Pearson in Vancouver. I wasn't aware of this because I was involved in going to school and, and busy and so on and so forth, but I did uh, go down to the um, cellar, the original cellar, uh, a few times during, during the week. Because they were having some rehearsals down there, some bands, and it was it was really interesting to to listen to uh, our so our great selection of jazz guys uh, put their music together and so on. And who showed up one evening was Duke Pearson. I was totally shocked. I had no idea he was in town. Anyway, he informed me that uh, he was working with Nancy Wilson, and uh, he had this. Somebody told him about the cellar. And he was, he said, I'm going to come down here every night because it, it's really a neat place and I'm going to come down and, uh, yeah, maybe I can get a chance to play with some of these guys. Anyway, Mr. Pearson was here for, a, uh, over, um, a week anyway, uh, and, uh, uh, made himself, um, ingratiated himself on the Vancouver scene, sat in with all kinds of, uh, resident musicians and so on and so forth. And, uh, I got to chat with him and, uh, and, and befriend Duke Pearson. So their engagement, um, his engagement with Nancy Wilson was coming to an end, and uh, he asked me, he said, you know, we haven't made a whole bunch of money. He said, do you have a car? And I said, well, I, 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 yeah, I have my dad's car. And he said, um, do you think you could take us out to the airport? Because it would save a few bucks. And I said, yeah, I'd be only too happy to. When, when are you leaving? And so he gave me all the information. So I ended up taking Duke Pearson and Nancy Wilson to the airport. And I'll tell you, that was a thrill. And <laughs> strangely enough, uh, to continue with the story, uh, a little, a little uh, twist in the story, I went down to the hotel to pick up Duke and Nancy, and I realized that I had left the house without my driver's license. I'd left my wallet at home with all the, all the stuff you needed. And so I said, you, you know, we have plenty of time. I've got to make a stop at home. I didn't tell him that I'd left my driver's license or anything like that. I said, I have to pick up something very important, something very important at home. And um, I hope you don't mind, but uh, we've got plenty of time and blah, 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 blah. So it was all, all worked out. So I drove home, parked the car in the driveway, and uh, and went in, th- in the house. And my mother came to the door, and she was all dressed up. She was ready to go shopping or something. She looked really great. And, of course, she saw the car and saw Duke, Duke and Nancy in the car. So she went out and chatted with them, and I ran upstairs to get my wallet. I never told anybody. And uh grabbed it and headed down. And uh, my mother ha- was just having a great old time talking with Duke and, and Nancy. And it's a, just a little moment that I remember. And uh, eventually we uh, um, took off, headed to the airport, and I said goodbye to them. Uh, Duke offered me a whole $20, which ridiculous. The average cab fare out there uh, in those days was about 6 bucks. And I said, no, 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 don't, don't do that. But I said, I'll tell you what you can do. Send me that wonderful. Re- I, I don't have all a lot of money. If you can send me the records uh, with Donald, with, uh, w- with Donald Byrd's band that you're on, I said, um, I would love that. And he said, I'll arrange for that. Sure enough, a couple of weeks later, in the mail came the two volumes of uh, Donald Byrd at the half note with Duke Pearson on piano. So there you go. So that's my Duke Pearson story. We're going to get to the music of this album right away. So um, here we go. The people involved on this recording, and this is beautifully rehearsed band. It wasn't a working band, but Duke Pearson had the ability to orchestrate and um, just put everything together. They sound like a working band. But it's an all-star band, and the people involved here, um, on trumpet, Donald Byrd. And, of course, Duke and Donald Byrd went way back, and um, they had worked together a lot. So the great Donald Byrd on trumpet, on alto saxophone and flute, someone who is still very much with us, one of the most compelling voices of either of those instruments. I'm talking about James Spaulding, and it's a shame that James Spaulding never got his own record date on Blue Note Records. He was on so many of them and a uh, wonderful soloist on both instruments. On tenor saxophone, there is no question as to who this gentleman is. One of the true giants of the tenor saxophone, I'm talking about Joe Henderson. And say no more, Joe Henderson is as important as Sonny Rollins or John Coltrane, uh, just a tremendous musician, and uh, when he passed away, it was a great loss. The, the, the great Joe Henderson on tenor saxophone. On bass, someone who else is, is still very much with us and performing, Bob Cranshaw on acoustic bass, one of the greats. And on drums, one of the most swinging and wonderful drummers ever, who is still with us, Mickey Roker. And Mickey Roker from Philadelphia. And of course, on piano, the gentleman we're referring to, Duke Pearson. Six compositions on here. Five of them were composed by Duke Pearson. And we begin with a tune called Amanda. Then we move to a kind of an exotic piece of music called Bedouin. Great, great title. And then a very pretty ballad called Farewell Michelle. And then the title track. Track four is Wahoo. And uh, track five is entitled ESP a.k.a. Extrasensory Perception. And the final tune is by Donald Byrd. And it's um, a tune that's sort of reminiscent a little bit of Giant Steps, and it's called Fly, Little Bird, Fly. And that is the album, and that's the album we're going to hear right now. And I hope that you enjoy our jazz feature this evening. The music of Duke Pearson, and the album... Wahoo!
0: Thank
1: Our jazz feature this evening, a wonderful album by pianist Duke Pearson, came out on Blue Note Records, and it's uh, one of those albums that uh, a lot of people seem to have uh, uh, forgotten about or don't even know exists. And Duke Pearson recorded a lot for Blue Note Records, from uh, piano trio albums to uh, small group sessions, and of course, big band sessions. He also recorded for Atlantic Records. He had a unique contract situation where he he was able to record for both labels. But he was actually employed by Blue Note Records as uh, as a producer as well. And he was responsible for uh, organizing and uh, arranging the the music, or at least helping uh, arrange the music on some of Blue Note's most important uh, sessions. Anyway, this album stands above, uh, for me, um, as prime example of Duke Pearson's music. And uh, this wonderful gentleman um, only had a short life. He was only 47 when he passed away. He died of multiple sclerosis. Uh, in 1980, and uh, we lost uh, a a great musician. It took years and years, uh, and I know that the uh, powers that be in Atlanta um, are rallying to uh, have a Duke Pearson Day in Atlanta, Georgia, because uh, he is really one of the major citizens of that city. He was born there, and uh, he deserves to be honored. He did so much for music, and yet he was a very unassuming person as well um, and, and humble, as most great musicians are. Um, they learn that. <laughs> That's part of their greatness. And uh, even though they uh, sometimes uh, develop a superficial personality uh, to cover up for that, they're basically uh, they're really... They really are very humble people. Duke Pearson was one of them, and a very, very nice man. Um, Very congenial and uh, a a lovely person. Anyway, we heard his music this evening, and five of the six compositions were by Duke, and he arranged all of them, and his touch was uh, very evident on this record um, because the band, even though it was just put together for this recording session, really sounded like a working band. And uh, that... uh, really demonstrates the quality of, of musicianship and the fact that Duke Pearson could pull all of these um, different musicians together and uh, make them sound like a band, and they did on this record. So this is one of his finest outings. Uh, Mr. Pearson, of course, played the piano, and he picked Donald Byrd on trumpet, one of the great lyric voices of uh, modern trumpet. And, of course, Duke and and Donald went back a long time. Duke Pearson was the first uh, pianist in Donald's band that he formed with uh, baritone saxophonist Pepper Adams. And Duke Pearson was in the band for several years. And then Herbie Hancock took Duke's place when uh, Duke moved on to other things. On alto saxophone, someone who is still very much with us, and, of course, we heard his uh, powerhouse playing on here and his beautiful flute playing as well, and I'm talking about alto saxophonist flutist James Spaulding, and uh, James Spaulding was from Indianapolis, he, uh, Freddie Hubbard's hometown, and uh, Spee just sounded uh, beautiful on this album as he does on all of his Blue Note appearances, and as I mentioned before in the preamble, it's a shame that Blue Note never gave Spaulding his own record date. Um, he had to wait a long time to do that, and this was after Blue Note's demise, <laughs> and uh uh, it's really too bad because Spalding is on so many classic recordings in the uh, in the mid '60s. Joe Henderson, there's no question. We we don't even have to mention Joe Henderson as as uh, um, one of the great tenor saxophone players of all times. Um, that's it. Uh, immediately identifiable and someone who who really um, paved the road uh, for um, so many people to be inspired by his incredible playing, Joe Henderson. And uh, again, there was a musician that uh, uh, exuded um, humility and, and uh, was just, um, <laughs> he always came to play. And uh, I, I can't think of any appearance on records where Joe Henderson does not sound at his best. He, he is always, uh, he was such a consistent musician with a beautiful, deep, rich tenor saxophone sound, Joe Henderson. On bass, someone who is still very much with us and performing all the time, too, Bob Cranshaw, and he's heard here on acoustic bass. Um, Of course, Bob is a master of the electric bass as well. And on drums, from Philadelphia, one of the finest and most tastiest drummers. Um, Well, he's more than tasty. Tasty is kind of like a put-down when you say, oh, yeah, he plays really tasty. Mickey Roker knows what, just exactly what to do. His sense of dynamics was so beautiful. And uh, one of the great drummers in jazz history. And uh, he, he makes this record as well. And he was one of Duke Pearson's favorite drummers as well. The tunes. Um, the first five are all Duke Pearson compositions. We open with Amanda. And then we move to a, a kind of an exotic thing featuring Spalding's flute, Bedouin. And uh, then we moved to a little trio piece, a, a very sort of gentle, tender ballad, and it's called Farewell, Michelle. Then uh, we heard the title track called Wahoo. And uh, then we moved to another composition called ESP, which nothing, has nothing to do with the Wayne Shorter composition of the same title. Um, this is Duke Pearson's ESP and uh, a.k.a. extrasensory perception. I think that's why they put it in brackets here. Um, and the final tune was um, a linear composition, really, um, by Donald Byrd, and it, it sort of has a, a, a relationship to Coltrane's giant steps, maybe a little more lyrical and, of course, typical of Donald Byrd. The tune is called Fly, Little Bird, Fly, and, of course, it, uh, uh, it posed a, a challenge to the musicians to be able to improvise on this, uh, on this tune. So that's the date, and I hope you enjoyed our jazz feature this evening. Wahoo is the name of the album, and it came out on Blue Note Records. And the artist in question, Columbus Calvin Pearson, better known as Duke Pearson. Great musician. You are listening to CITR-FM 101.9, right here, broadcasting from the University of British Columbia, which is, of course, situated on unceded Musqueam territory. And we're also on the web, www.citr.ca. Next up, this is kind of special for me because... um, I have a, a really good friend who is on this. This album um, is, just came into my possession today, and it's by a Los Angeles-based band by the name of Groove Legacy. And I guess you can tell by the title that this is going to be kind of funky, very danceable, but extremely musical jazz. And, you know, the 70s marked a big change uh, in, in music, and a lot of great bands um, began in the 70s. Yeah, sort of, a, there was a lot of kind of watered-down music, too, but there were some very, very heavy bands that came out in the 70s that combined, um, I guess, elements of rock music, elements of funk music, and, of course, jazz and soul, and, and kind of all put them together. And of course, um, when you say jazz fusion, a lot of people say, oh, a lot of the purists kind of look and, and go, well, yeah, you know, this kind of like is just watered down stuff. No, uh, this music was absolutely great. When, when you look back and think of the bands that really made this music meaningful, Weather Report, the Mahavishnu Orchestra, Return to Forever, um, the music of Miles Davis, my God, you know, talk about groundbreaking. Um, the 11th house, Tony Williams' Lifetime. And then you had, uh, creative, um, uh, more popular artists like James Brown, Ray Charles, Sly and the Family Stone, people like that. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of, uh, as I said, jazz purists sometimes kind of turn their nose up and say, yeah, well, that's pop music. No, it isn't. Um, this band, Groove Legacy, uh is all all the music here is all instrumental as well, which which is and it harkens back to a great band that I haven't mentioned yet, but I will right now. And that was the Crusaders. The Crusaders came out of the Jazz Crusaders. They dropped jazz and, and moved into this area that I that I'm talking about and and, and called themselves because they broadened the horizon uh, by By bringing in other elements, they dropped the word "jazz" and just simply called themselves the crusaders and This band, this Groove Legacy band from Los Angeles, kind of reflects back on the best of that era and uh, this is a This is a lovely album, and when I got it today, I immediately put it on my c d player at home and said, "Yeah," and of course I have some good I have a very good friend. Uh, on here, uh, who's was totally involved in the production of this and wrote, uh, or co-wrote uh, just about all of the tunes on here, and uh, these are top-notch musicians, I, and I can't emphasize that uh, more. The um, those of you that can't find this album will be able to find it if you go on, uh, there's a Facebook page called simply Groove Legacy. Uh, go on there and you'll find all kinds of information on there. Uh, or you can simply go on the web, uh, www.groovelegacy, all one word, dot com. And you'll be able to find uh, all the information uh, on this album. And this is, this is their debut album. The people involved here... Um, are basically the two important people here because the music is composed by by these two gentlemen is uh, uh, pianist Bill Steinway and my good friend Paulie Serra, who is the tenor saxophonist on here. And and this album is kind of a brainchild between these two gentlemen, but there's so many other people on here. And, of course, uh, these musicians have such a wide (laughs) range of experience and I can rattle off tons of, of, of names uh, that they have, um, they have played with and performed with, people like Al Green, Stevie Wonder, Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin, Ricky Lee Jones, blah, 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 boss gags, all kinds of people. So you know that these are, these are top-notch musicians, and, and the music here is so uh, great to listen to. It's, it's Sure, uh, one can say it's a tribute album to an, to an earlier era, but it's also very contemporary and this this is what this is the first thing that hit me when I listened to it at home I said yeah you know I mean, I recognize the influence and all that sort of stuff but the music is for me very very contemporary so we're going to hear a couple of tracks maybe three uh from this groove legacy album the first one um, is called Sweetness, and it's for Walter Payton, and it was composed, as I said, by Bill Steinway and Polly Serra and features Pauly on tenor saxophone, some great trombone work. This is interesting because the the horn instrumentation is the same as the Crusaders, tenor saxophone and trombone. Polly Serra on tenor saxophone, Andrew Lipman on trombone, Travis Carlton on bass, and Bill Steinway, of course, on Fender Rhodes Piano. Uh, Lamar Carter on drums, uh, Tim Curl on percussion, um, Sam Meek on rhythm guitar, and Kirk Fletcher on rhythm and lead guitar. And then we go to a next tune with um, basically the same personnel. Uh, The tune is called Odd Couple. I guess maybe that's Paulie and Bill. I don't know. (laughs) Could be. Um, Anyway, but uh, an odd couple, but a great couple. And uh, that's another tune co-composed by those two. And we're going to do one more. And this one is featuring a a great and very well-known guitarist. Uh, by the name of Larry Carlton, and he's on just tons of recordings, and this guy is unbelievable. And this piece features him, and it was composed by um, uh, Travis the, the the bass player. I, I mispronounced his name wrong, um, a uh, uh, Carlton, I'm sorry, uh, Travis Carlton on bass, and Polly Sarah uh, composed this third third tune, and it features uh, not only Larry Carlton on guitar, but Ricky Peterson on Hammond B three organ, and um, all of the other gentlemen that I mentioned. So, without further ado, we're just going to get into some yes, genuinely danceable, fun. And great music that's going to uh, make you put on your dancing shoes and clap your hands and really sit back and enjoy this. Groove Legacy. Take care of biz, guys. Well, that's more than a sample of uh, the sound of Groove Legacy. and It's a great band out of uh, Los Angeles that harkens back to uh, a great uh, era um, in music, of course, personified by such bands as Weather Report and uh, the Mahavishnu Orchestra, and, of course, especially the Crusaders. And I'm sure a lot of people can find... Um, People that know the Crusaders' music can kind of find similarities between uh, between these bands, especially in the uh, as regards the instrumentation. But these guys do a very different take on that. They they acknowledge the era, but the music is as contemporary as tomorrow, and it's really really um, well played uh, by some incredible musicians and um, very tight. And very listenable, and uh, if you want to get up and shake your booty, that's that's cool too, <laughs> um, because that's that's part of what makes this band so appealing. And of course, we heard all these instrumental versions the of these tunes, basically composed by pianist um, Bill Steinway, great name for a piano player, right? Steinway, perfect. And uh, and my good friend Paulie Sarah who plays the, uh, the tenor saxophone. Now, these two gentlemen composed the, the bulk of all the music on this album. And the, the basic personnel, uh, Pauly Serra, of course, on tenor saxophone, Andrew Lipman on trombone, they had a beautiful uh, blend together because it has to be tight, and they were. And on bass, um, Travis Carlton, who also uh, co-produced this album, and um, I believe did the uh, engineering as well, did a great job, great sound. Bill Steinway, uh, the co-composer of, uh, of uh, the majority of these tunes on Fender Rhodes Piano, and some tough drumming by Lamar Carter, and of course uh, Tim Currell on percussion, Sam Meek on rhythm guitar, Kirk Fletcher on rhythm and lead guitar. Now, the tunes we heard, um, the first one was entitled Sweetness, and it's for Walter Payton. And the second tune is called Odd Couple. And the third tune features two really stellar guests, um, Larry Carlton on guitar and Ricky Peterson on Hammond B-3 organ and, of course, all the other people I mentioned. And that tune is called Cornell, and it was composed by bassist Travis Carlton and Pauly Serra. And the final tune that we heard that we added to the set uh, was another Steinway-Serra composition entitled H-Town Hipster, and that featured some incredibly slick and uh, groove-oriented drumming by Lamar Carter. And a great piece of music. So this uh, album, Groove Legacy, um, I doubt you will find that in in your favorite, well, not too many favorite record stores anymore. But there are places like Red Cat up on uh, uh, Main Street. You could could order this record, but you better still um, get onto the Internet. Um, Most of you are on Facebook and just uh, type in Groove Legacy, and you'll see their their homepage on Facebook. Or um, if you'd rather not do that, just get on your computer and, uh, and Google uh, GrooveLegacy.com, and, and everything will come up on there. You'll find out uh, more about this album. You'll see reviews and all this kind of stuff. So um, just to let you know that uh, uh, if you uh, like this style of, uh, of uh, instrumental music, this is the album for you. We'll be hearing more tracks down down the uh down the road, but this is uh, this is a very very fine production. And uh uh thank you both um Bill Steinway and Pauly Serra for uh making this uh album available to me to play for you on the Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or of course on your computer for live streaming c-i-t-r dot c-a and of course we have all our podcasts on there you go around to the uh, c-i-t-r site and you can see all the stuff that's on there it's, it's a pretty amazing site and 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 very user-friendly and if you would like to go back and hear um previous shows then uh, that's all just follow the links and uh and uh, you'll f- you'll find all the episodes uh, going way back of the Jazz Show, and of course other favorite shows on CITR. We'll be back in a very few moments, right after some important messages, and just like to remind you that my name's Gavin Walker, and we're going to carry on right now.
2: Does Discorder Magazine summon Discord? Only the good kind. This month, we feature musicians and artists sifting through chaos to form distinct creative practices and personas. Flip through the pages of Discorder for mass marriage, iceberg ferg, Plaza's, phono pony, the Jamie and Sarah Experience Project, and more. This month also features artwork by Aaron Moran, live show reviews of Julia Holter and Parquet Courts, and album reviews for You Say Party and Joe Past. We'd also like to thank our advertisers, Vancouver Theater Sports, Vinyl Records, Rickshaw, Center for Digital Media, Dead Offensive Records, The Rio Theater, Vinyl Records, LiveVan.com, and AMS Events. Are you interested in indigenous issues? Do you get ticked off with ongoing colonization? Do you have something to say? Or, do you want to learn more? We have just the thing. Join UBC's first ever Indigenous Radio Collective at CITR Radio, Unceded Musqueam Territories. Our show, Unceded Airways, airs every Monday from 11 to 12, and we meet from 12 to 1 to plan our upcoming shows. We're interested in content covering various things from film to literature, current day politics, history, whatever you want to talk about, we're into it. Everyone welcome Indigenous and non-Indigenous. Be intrigued, be amazed, be inspired. Attend a three-minute thesis competition and experience the purpose and passion of some of UBC's finest graduate student researchers. Attending is free and awesome. Come out to the semis on March 8th from 1 to 4.30, and the finals on March 10th from 4.30 to 6 in the Graduate Student Center Ballroom. Listen, learn, and leave feeling smarter. Check out 3mt.grad.ubc.ca for more information. (laughs)
1: <laughs> we have some weather for you. It's, uh, <laughs> it's well, typical Vancouver weather as uh, we're, we're all used to, we all know, and uh, I don't know whether we love it, but we put up with it anyway because we have no choice. There we go. Tonight is uh, cloudy with a 40% chance of a shower with a low of 6, and tomorrow actually may be an okay day. Uh, in the morning, it's cloudy with a 30% chance of a shower in the morning, then <laughs> steady rain uh, later on in the day, and it's going to get windy too with a low of six and a high of eight. Then the outlook for uh, Wednesday is rain with a low of seven and a high of 11. <laughs> Thursday, not much change except it's uh, showers. You still get wet uh, with a low of seven and a high of 11. Then we're back to rain for Friday with a low of five and a high of 10. Oh, then Saturday is periods of rain. Does that mean it's going to stop for two seconds? Maybe not. Um, periods of rain Saturday, low of five, high of twelve, and not much change for Sunday. Rain once more, five as the low, and high is twelve. So that's the um, not very pretty picture of uh, of the weather. But uh, as I said, you know, we spring is just around the corner, and we dance. Between the raindrops here in Vancouver, which is um, always nice, and that's what you should try and do. So there you go. Here's some down home music by two of the most incredible tenor saxophone players that you're ever likely to hear on it, and it's not a a common uh, get together, but it's very interesting that they did record. Um, together back in 1964. One of my favorite tenor saxophonists is Booker Irvin from Texas. And he's from Denison, Texas. And Booker Irvin of course uh, Charles Mingus or Charles Mingus agrees with me because <laughs> Booker Irvin was Charles Mingus's favorite tenor saxophone player too. But Booker's always been a, a favorite of mine and there's nobody sounds like Booker. And he's recording here with one of the most incredible saxophone players in jazz history, a man who can literally play anything, and he would scare the pants off most saxophone players. I'm talking about Sonny Stitt, and Sonny always liked to have another saxophone player uh, on the bandstand with him. And this is a, a typical um, relaxed Sonny Stitt recording. Sonny Stitt didn't—he he, just—he made scads of recordings. Uh, a lot of them were, were just were very relaxed, almost jam session type recordings. And this, this one is really no different, except that it features Booker Irvin and Sonny Stitt and Sonny's uh, regular um, partners here, the great, late Don Patterson on Hammond Organ, one of my all-time favorites, another favorite of mine, and a very fine drummer named Billy James. And we're going to hear just uh, a great tune by Duke Ellington. Uh, I think everybody knows this one, and it's called The Sea Jam Blues. Sonny Stitt and Booker Irvin, and Booker takes the first solo on this. (laughs) ¶¶ Yeah, a few tunes that we uh, we started out with some uh, jazz-type blues and then we moved to uh, a slightly different direction and uh, then we got back to some basic blues. And we opened with um, the Sea Jam Blues by Sonny Stitt and Booker Irvin. And Booker Irvin took the first uh, saxophone solo on... Um, the C-Jam Blues, and and uh, both Sonny Stitt and Booker Irvin, major voices of the tenor saxophone, and a rare recording with uh, both of them, and uh, accompanied by the great Hammond organist Don Patterson and drummer Billy James, the C-Jam Blues. And then we move to uh, a very urbane piece of music, title track from a wonderful album by... Um, a great tenor saxophonist who is still very much with us. I'm talking about George Coleman. And there's a lot happening in George Coleman's life right now. He's getting on in years, of course, but he's still a major inspiration. Um, he's still doing um, a lot of playing on a, on a limited basis, but uh, playing all the same. Uh, in New York City. And of course, he, he is one of the major voices of the tenor saxophone. There's absolutely no question. And George Coleman is such a valuable member of the jazz community. And it's great that uh, Corey Weeds, um, late of the uh, of the uh, cellar, brought George um, to Vancouver a couple of times so that we could hear uh, his magnificent playing. Um, George's son, George Coleman Jr., is doing a, a documentary film on George. And, of course, last year he won the Jazz Masters Award, which gave him a huge uh, financial kick, uh, as well as the honor as uh, of, of being recognized as a jazz master officially. We all knew this anyway, but uh, having that official recognition is great. Anyway, this is a wonderful album that George did a number of years ago. Uh, with my old friend, and uh, I really I really miss him. He's one, one wonderful musician, wonderful pianist, Hilton Ruiz, and uh, Hilton died uh, kind of tragically um, in, in uh, New Orleans, and it's still kind of an unsolved... He was murdered uh, on the street, and a victim of a robbery and mugging and all that kind of stuff, and he never survived the ordeal. It's really sad. Hilton Ruiz on piano, Uh, uh, Sam Jones on bass, the late Sam Jones, and the late Billy Higgins on drums. And we heard the title track from this wonderful album called Amsterdam After Dark, which came came out on the Timeless label and is one of uh, George Coleman's uh, finer albums, and he's done many. Then we followed that with some down-home blues. And the tune, of course, was written by Duke Ellington's son, Mercer and the tune of course is called Things Ain't What They Used To Be And it was given a very bluesy treatment with Boogaloo Joe Jones on guitar. And uh Boogaloo doesn't play anymore. He's a preacher. uh he he um, he got his own church and uh, and became a an ordained uh minister. But uh very in his day, a very fine guitarist and he's on here He's leading the band, and the great Rusty Bryant on tenor saxophone, um, Jimmy Lewis on Fender Bass, and uh, Charles Irland on Hammond organ, and Bernard Purdy on drums made up the band. And the, this is from a prestige album called Right On, Brother. Boogaloo Joe Jones. All right. We're going to turn things over now to a young lady who will be appearing this Saturday at Pat's Pub uh, in the Patricia Hotel. And, of course, Pat's Pub has uh, become kind of a, uh, another one of the jazz centers in Vancouver. There's lots of different kinds of music at Pat's Pub, but Saturday afternoon is dedicated to jazz music of um, various varieties and different people. And this time, another town guest... Uh, is playing at Pat's Pub, and her name is Allison All. Allison uh, is from Toronto, and she is a very, very fine uh, alto saxophonist and composer, and she's bringing her band, which is on a cross-country tour uh, with her, to Pat's Pub. And we're going to hear Todd Pentney, who plays uh, Keyboards, uh, anything from piano, Hammond B3, Fender Rhodes, Wurlitzer, etc., cetera, et cetera. and John Maharaj on a bass and electric bass, and Fabio Rangelli on drums, and um, Allison, of course, on alto saxophone. This is from her latest album. Uh, we did play some tracks from this uh, album a few weeks ago, and um, this is the album is called Forest Grove. And it's, uh, it's a wonderful recording, and it's uh, actually on the, um, yeah, on Allison's, uh, it's, it's um, Allison's production as well. And uh, you can probably look her up on, on the net. I know you can. Just uh, type in Allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-A-U, Allison Owl. And uh, uh, I'm sure you'll find uh, reference to, uh, to this recording. Yeah, as a matter of fact, her, her um, um, website is on here, so it's exactly as I told you. All right, we're going to hear some music by Allison. And uh, those of you that uh, can get down to Pat's Pub uh, from 3 to 7 this coming Saturday, um, make it. There's no admission charge. That's that's the nice thing. And um, a good selection of brews and actually excellent food down there. And, you know, people that have misgivings about going down to the downtown east side, uh, you don't have to worry. Pat's Pub is away from the, the center there. It's east of Main Street, and uh, it's actually quite okay down there. I know some people have said to me, well, I don't know about going down there or not. Ah, come on. It's actually you're probably safer going down there than you would be parking your car at Pacific Center. So uh, anyway, regardless, Alice and all, and uh, we're going to hear some music by this young lady. Beginning, uh, these are her own compositions. We're uh, beginning with a piece of music called Tides, and then we're going to go to another piece called Deluge, and we may play one more after that. So check her out. She's good and talented. The music of Allison All. Oh, Allison will be appearing in Vancouver at Paps Pub this Saturday afternoon. This coming Saturday afternoon, and uh, the show is free. Won't cost you anything. No cover, and um, a good, um, nice place to go and hear some uh, great music. By a young lady from Toronto. This is uh, we heard three selections from her album called Forest Grove, and you can find this album if you go on to triplewallisonau uh, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-A-U.com a l l i s o n a u dot com, and uh, this is uh, I think her third album, and uh, it's a good one. We heard three of her. Um, wonderful compositions, and she was accompanied by Todd Pentney on keyboards, acoustic piano, Hammond organ, Fender Rhodes, etc., etc., John Maharaj on um, bass and electric bass, and Fabio Rangeli on drums. And the, uh, the tunes we heard, we opened with tides, then we moved to a tune called Deluge, and the final, very reflective uh, kind of a tune was entitled "Tumble," and uh, the very distinctive sound on alto saxophone of Allison Al, uh, an extremely accomplished um, young musician, and and very typical of um, some of the emerging talent that's uh, from all over the country. And uh, it's it's so good that uh, we have um, in this age of uh, So much non-music out there. We have people that are really, really musical, and uh, that's just great, whether they're jazz artists, classical artists, or whatever field they're in. All right, we'd like to remind you that you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR. My name's Gavin Walker, and, of course, we're 101.9 on your FM dial, and we're on your computer, www.citr.ca. And we broadcast from the University of British Columbia, which is situated, of course, on unceded Musqueam territory. And uh, we're very proud of that. And, of course, um, we would like to continue. And we would like to move to a concert. This is a rare recording by an incredible band, led by tenor saxophonist Sonny Rollins. This uh, band did record an album domestically, um, and then Rollins uh, went on a tour of Europe, and several albums um, came out of that tour. One recorded in Stuttgart, the other recorded in Paris, and uh, because this band played all over. But it broke up um, soon after And uh, Rollins went on to other things. But I think this is one of his most adventurous bands. And uh, his playing opened up so much. um, It it was rather incredible and also rather challenging too because uh, they did a lot of kind of free-form improv in this band. And uh, it was an incredible organization. This is from a concert that is um, difficult to find and one that wasn't commonly available, and it is now. The sound quality isn't bad. We're just going to hear one track from here. It was recorded in Copenhagen, uh, January fifteenth, 1963, and the ensemble includes, of course, the great Mr. Rollins on tenor saxophone, Don Cherry on trumpet. No, not that guy, the musician Don Cherry, the late Don Cherry, wonderful, very individual-sounding trumpet player, and someone who is still very much with us is Henry Grimes on bass. And on drums, the great Billy Higgins. And we're going to hear a composition that uh, everybody's played, but nobody does it quite like the composer. And uh, this version is pretty outstanding. This is Sonny Rollins' Oleo.
0: (音声) Thank you.
1: We heard two selections by this uh, incredible quartet led by Sonny Rollins. This was during uh, some of his most uh, adventurous music and of course at borderline uh, free form the band could do anything and and they did they went everywhere and uh, sometimes took tunes apart sometimes just played them straight ahead and other times uh, just went all over the place and Sometimes they uh, successfully uh, baffled people, too, um, even the most sophisticated of uh, European audiences. Anyway, uh, we heard two selections, and the recording quality is, is you know, not great, but uh, we at least heard everything in the band. And we heard uh, Sonny, of course, on tenor saxophone, along with uh, Don Cherry on... Um, pocket trumpet, which is a kind of a miniature trumpet that was his instrument of choice, and also from Ornette Coleman's band, uh, Billy Higgins on drums. And on bass, Henry Grimes, who is still very much with us. Mr. Rollins is still with us, too, but he uh, um, has been suffering from sort of age-related stuff, and he hasn't been touring this year. He had hoped to, but uh, hopefully he will uh, in in the future once... This stuff settles he's been having problems with his lungs, and uh, one of the problems was um, the horrible event in New York of nine eleven Sonny was downtown right in his in his uh, comfortable small studio and he was only a couple of blocks from um, when all the horror happened and of course uh, all the pollution in the air and stuff like that and um, he thinks that that may have Uh, damaged his lungs. Anyhow, we hope that he has a a good recovery. He's not young um, and uh, comes back and uh, does a couple more tours. That would be really nice to hear. Anyway, Sonny Rollins, tenor saxophone, Don Cherry trumpet, Henry Grimes bass, Billy Higgins on drums. We heard two tunes. We heard Sonny Rollins' Oleo, which featured an extensive solo by Billy Higgins on drums, And then we heard this sort of free-form version of this old standard without a song, Sonny Rollins. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. And this is, of course, The Jazz Show. We're just beginning to wind down here. And uh, I would like to play you a great piece by a clarinetist named Buddy DeFranco. Speaking of names, mine is Gavin Walker, uh, if you haven't gathered that. But um, our jazz feature, uh, all the jazz features this month are going to be from artists that are not necessarily household names. And next week on the jazz feature is a gentleman who has recorded thousands of recording sessions. Um, He's done very few under his own name, but he's been in all kinds of bands, and he's played uh, in in uh, symphony orchestras on pop records um, and on lots of jazz records and he plays uh, the, all the saxophones flute and uh, and related instruments his name Jerome Richardson, and um, we're going to have one of his rare albums under his own name on the show and he'll be heard on tenor saxophone, baritone saxophone and Flute, and he is great on these instruments. And uh, we're going to hear an album called Roman with Richardson, and that's going to be next week on the jazz feature, which uh, always opens our program. Here is Buddy DeFranco, one of the great virtuosos of the clarinet. He took the clarinet out of the swing era. The clarinet is kind of an instrument which is not often played even to this day in modern jazz. There are some virtuoso players around, Eddie Daniels and so on, but the late Buddy DeFranco was really the one who brought Charlie Parker's language to the clarinet and took it out of the Dixieland uh, and swing era and moved it into the modern era. And I still think he deserves a lot more credit than he has um, got for what he did. His music is absolutely amazing. This is a working band that Buddy had in the mid-50s, and we hear Mr. DeFranco on clarinet, Sonny Clark, the legendary Sonny Clark on piano, Eugene Wright on bass, the senator, and Bobby White on drums. And this is a tune, basically it's um, variations on a tune that we all know as the theme uh, but for purposes here, it's called the bright one. And Sonny Clark, has, uh I think he he um, he wrote the middle part, the bridge in the tune, so he gets uh, composer credit on this. But it's uh, a great version, and Buddy just takes off like a like a jet. So enjoy this one, the bright one. <laughs> Buddy DeFranco, what a virtuoso on the clarinet, and that's a great piece of music called The Bright One, which is a slight variation on a tune that uh, a lot of bands use as their closing theme called simply The Theme, and Sonny Clark gets the credit for it because he wrote the middle part of the tune, and this was a working band that Buddy had together for a couple of years. Buddy DeFranco on clarinet, Sonny Clark on piano, Eugene Wright on bass, and Bobby White on drums and um, a great performance. Virtuoso clarinetist. uh, Brought the modern concept into uh, clarinet playing and uh, it virtually untouched. There's very few people that can approach the virtuosity of Buddy DeFranco. Now we're into tomorrow because it's past midnight. It is March the 8th. There's two things that... uh, mark this day this is uh, international women's day which is a very very important uh, day of course to acknowledge the um the other half of the world <laughs> exactly and um this is the day to do it and there will be all kinds of things going on but it's also the 80th birthday of a gentleman we did play one tune from this album Uh, Earlier on in the show, I'm talking about the great George Coleman, who last year received the uh, prestigious Jazz Masters Award. Uh, We're going to return to this album uh, to close the show as a birthday tribute to George Coleman. He was born on this day 80 years ago, and he's still active and uh, still performing. And, of course, he's one of the major voices of the tenor saxophone, George Coleman. We're going to hear him with uh, my old friend Hilton Ruiz on piano, the late Hilton Ruiz, Sam Jones on bass, and Billy Higgins once again on drums. We're going to hear two tunes to close the evening. Uh, The first one is uh, a George Coleman composition called Lojo, and the second tune is uh, another Coleman composition entitled Blondie's Waltz. And those two tunes will uh, pay a small tribute to George Coleman. And it will also uh, actually close our show this evening, the final two selections. And appropriately enough, happy birthday, March the 8th, 80 years old, to George Coleman. Here we go. Lojo. (laughs)
0: Lojo. (laughs)
1: George Coleman, one of the major voices of the tenor saxophone, and today he's 80 years old, March the 8th, born in Memphis, Tennessee. George Coleman, from his album Amsterdam After Dark, we heard two tunes, two George Coleman compositions. The first one was called Lojo, and the second one, a very pretty thing called Blondie's Waltz. Hilton Rose on piano, Sam Jones on bass, and Billy Higgins on drums. So concludes another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker. We hope to see you uh, next week. As I mentioned before, our jazz feature is the music and the, uh, the tenor saxophone and baritone saxophone sounds and the flute sounds of the one and only virtuoso musician Jerome Richardson, a man who never recorded very much under his own name. And this is one of his uh, finer albums. So um, you get a chance to hear Jerome if you're not familiar with him next week on The Jazz Show. And, of course, the jazz feature is right at the beginning of the show. So that's when we'll be introducing you, a lot of you to Mr. Richardson. All right. Thank you very much once again for being out there. Thank you very much for donating to the Fund Drive and all that kind of stuff. And we'll see you in seven days' time. Take care. Bye-bye.